Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. This was going to be about the draft, but Friday afternoon in the news dump of all news dumps, the playoff people, the, the people who run the college football playoff, they send out a release about their spring meeting and buried deep in the press release. And I quote, this is Bill Hancock, the executive director. Hancock said, first and foremost, the working group conveyed to the management committee that it continues to support and believe in the 14 playoff as it is currently constituted. This is where the red flags start going up. Next paragraph. In its analysis, the working group has reviewed some 63 possibilities for change. They included six, eight, 10, 12, and 16 team options, each with a variety of different scenarios. The group informed the management committee that continues to work and anticipates making a report to the management committee about the future format at an upcoming meeting. Translation, they are going to expand the playoff. We don't know exactly when, and we don't know exactly how, but they are going to expand the playoff, Ari Wasserman. Did you uh, learn that from that release, or did we already know that in the back of our? We heads? already knew that, but they confirmed it with that release. Like, yeah, I, I've known, I, I've heard Bill Hancock talk enough times to know that when he acknowledges the possibility that something else exists, something else is coming. I thought that that tweet that you put out was funny on Friday that said you are fluent in Bill Hancock. I am. I understand exactly what he means when he says that. Like he, he was uh, 2011. BCS is great. We love the BCS. Everyone supports the BCS. And meanwhile, I've got, you know, the entire Big 12 and Big 10 people saying, uh, we don't really like the BCS anymore. We're going to change it. No, no, no. We love the BCS. And then like two days later, well, we're open to some new ideas. Yeah. Um, I think that it was always like in the back of everybody's mind that the first and major step was to admit that a playoff would work or that a playoff would be the right path. And then you start small and then you, as the years go on, you see what works, what doesn't work. And then expansion was always like, okay, well, at least we, the, the biggest step was that we got to a playoff. And then now perfecting the playoff, I think is the next logical step. Now, some people might not like the playoff. I don't know who that person or people are, but I think most people like the playoff. There are people there are, who hate fun, Ari. Yeah. There's I, there's always people who are like, you can't do the thing that's different from the thing that was going on when I was 12 years old, because that will scare me. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, change in life, right? It's not always easy to go through, but once you're you're in the, in the new circumstance for a period of time, that's what then starts to feel like normal. So, you know, I know that it's scary and we're going to talk about the scenarios. Uh, what did you say? Six, eight, 12 and 16. Team playoffs. Oh, don't forget 10. Don't forget 10. 10. Every multiple of two uh, up to 100. Uh, but yeah, the... Can we get some odd numbers? How do you find 63 different... And, and I think you find 63 different by saying, well, here's where you play them. And here's when you play them and stuff like that. So we won't get into all that. Though. Okay. Put a little yeah. bit of where though. Yeah. I mean, open weeks, by weeks, whatever you want to call it uh, would be, you know, would be fun. But I do think that... You know, as the sport exists, exists now, there are beautiful things about it. It's such a beautiful sport and the reason why we love it so much. But there's also, you know, the way you like to view the sport, and I'm not trying to talk for you, but the way I also like to view the sport is what would maximize the fun. You know, I yes. think that's like a good way to look at it. And I think that expanding it would maximize the fun. Now, there are drawbacks like everything in life where if you change something, then you have to live with the new reality of things that might not be identical to what you're used to. And it might be bad. Um you know, things that you don't want to change. But for the most part, well, but, as but we here's the thing, the people who romanticize the old way, the old bowl system, I don't get it. Like 
That was a really stupid system. So liking that system is really stupid and you shouldn't do that. So the people who are like, we should go back to that. No, you shouldn't. It was incredibly dumb and it's good that they got rid of it. Wait, you don't like claiming fake national titles? Well, only in 1941 when you've gotten shut out by Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. I think that all fake national championships are glorious and I would hang a banner of any fake national championship my team won. But I do think, like, I think that as we, you know, proceed into this podcast, um, the idea of it is like kind of discussing the drawbacks a little bit and how much we think that the sport can endure change before we start messing with it too much. Because college football is beautiful for a variety of different reasons. And I think the number one thing that would change with an expanded playoff, Andy, is just the idea that we would have more clarity and less to argue about. Because if you make simple rules of how you get in, like win your conference and you're in, or do this and you're in, it takes away the debate, the arguing, the Twitter bickering, the banter, all the things that kind of make the sport and these podcasts fun. And I think you could Here's, make an it, argument I, that let me, more- let me Let me stop you right there, because I don't think it does. I think it doesn't end, it, like it takes away some debates. But what are the debates that we always have? The ones we have the most fun having. This team, if they played this other team, would beat that other team. But the problem is we need heaven and earth to move to get those teams to play. We would get closure on these debates. We could debate them all preseason and all season. And then come the playoff, there's a really good chance they'd play each other. And and then we'd know. What was the best argument that you and I had during the regular season last year off the top of your head? The you saying USC needed to be conserved for playoff was pretty good. Okay, right. We got what two weeks worth of discussion, three weeks of worth of discussion out of that mm-hmm. in a new playoff system. That content doesn't exist. So you you yeah, have to kind of you you can you can argue that they are going to win a game in the playoff, and I can argue that they're going to get steamrolled. I would never argue that they were going to win a game in the playoff. Hey, you never know. I think that the most fun thing to do sometimes in this sport is to debate things that we'll never get proof on, because it's the only thing that we can do. If you had answers, it's like nobody in the NFL um, who covers the NFL is debating about whether or not the Jaguars can beat whatever team in the round round two, because we'll see that if it gets to that point. I think discussing hypothetical things as a way to bring context to the unknown is what kind of makes this sport fun. And if everything is just like, well, if USC wins uh, their their conference, then we'll see it. And if they lose, then they're out. It's like, yeah, well, oh, no, there's no, nothing no. else to discuss. Because there, there's, so there's so many hypotheticals like that that people still love to argue about. Like When I had to do the AP poll, my favorite angry email was, well, what if this team loses to this other team? What are you going to do then? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just drop in the rankings. Yeah, I'll just move. I'll and they're like, but no. But is it, well, yeah. Trust me. College football fans will find something to argue about no matter what. It's in the DNA. I mean, the good news is, is that you can argue about things um, before you see the results. And then when you have the results for more context, you can change you can your rankings or your views or argue about other things. So, I mean, I do I do get that. But it's just like when you and I were arguing about whether or not USC should be considered for the playoff, I knew that they weren't going to make it. Like everybody, I mean, I wrote a column that did actually pretty well, knowing that they weren't going to make it. It was the debate was whether or not they should be considered for the playoff. And people thought some people thought that they should. Some people like you thought that they shouldn't. 
And it's just like in a new system where if they win the Pac-12, they're in, then it's just kind of like, what are we arguing or talking about? So you would just rather not get answers? That's not the world I want to live in. No, 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 no. I want the answers. I'm just saying there's a certain beauty to the sport of off-season debates about whether or not things would have gone that way that would no longer... Like, I still get messages it's from It's a nine-month off-season. We will find things to argue about. Yeah. I still get messages from Texas A&M fans all the time about, look what happened to Ohio State in the national championship game. You said A&M shouldn't make it because they lost by 28 points. And it's just like, I guess hypothetical things will still exist, but it's just like in a new world where A&M might have been an at-large last year... Um, you know, it just kind of like takes away from some Ari, of the banter. The word, the word Nebraska trended nationwide on Twitter this week because I included them on a list of a hypothetical 15-team college football Super League that clearly will never, ever happen. So yeah. if you're telling me that college football fans will run out of things to get mad about or argue about, I don't believe you. Okay, well then you just have to you have to accept a world where there's nothing to argue about when it comes to playoff discussion. Are you kidding me? People will argue about everything. It just that's just how it goes. It's just and like remember, what's left to argue about if someone's five... still got to rank these teams to seed them. I know, I know. I'm not saying that the sport will wither away and not be entertaining anymore. I'm just saying a large aspect of covering the sport as it exists right now is arguing about potential inclusion. Uh, in that playoff, and if all you have to do is win your conference to get an automatic seed in that playoff, then there's nothing to argue about preemptively because what happens will determine it. And like, not every yes, single we can, team we in can the current- hypothesize based on bid thieves. And uh, so, I did a column where I took a bunch of different years and kind of loaded them into the different playoff formats. And you know, you get bid thieves. Like, I, I put two thousand. Well, I put two thousand five in into the eight team format, just to show people that some years it's not better. Like 2005, you don't need to change. Like Texas and USC needed to play at the end. They needed to play in the Rose bowl. Don't do anything other than that. That's fine. But in that year, Florida state, I think was ranked like number 22 in the BCS rankings, but they beat Virginia tech in the first ever ACC championship game. And so they would have made the playoff. Under those circumstances, would they have deserved to be there? Absolutely not. But they they would have earned the right to get destroyed by USC in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And I think the idea of inclusion in teams that inexplicably win their conference at the end, despite not being the best team, would be certainly fun. I don't think that would happen very often. And that's as we continue to go down the the, the rabbit hole here, the argument of the the regular season won't matter as much. I've got a newsflash for everybody if you're not caught on to what I think about this. But there's only eight teams that can win a national championship on any given year anyway, so the regular season already doesn't matter. Now, I understand that, like, one doesn't upset doesn't matter with, one... with regard to the national championship. That's what I try to right. explain to people. If you are not a fan of a team that can win the national championship and you have realistic expectations, it matters to you because you're trying to figure out if your team will perform relative to your own expectations and you'll be happy if they outperform them and you'll be unhappy if they underperform them. And in the NCAA tournament for basketball, you have teams that will never win a national championship. And maybe basketball is not a one-to-one comparison because they're very different sports and physicality and talent 
you know, though they do matter in both sports, it's a little bit different in football because you just can't overcome certain things um, in, ter- in terms of the roster sizes and the depth. But hanging a Sweet 16 banner in your arena, even though you didn't win a national championship, is a cool thing and is meaningful to the fans. And it's just like, let's say a team like no, Iowa State here's made the, the playoffs last say, year. Hang, hanging a, 16, a Sweet 16 banner if you're Duke is lame. Right, hanging a right. Sweet Sixteen banner if you were if you're Northwestern and you did someday make the Sweet Sixteen is awesome. Yeah, right. So like, let's say in the hypothetical expanded playoff, Iowa State would have been included last year. Iowa yes. State's fan would fans would celebrate the inclusion in the tournament even if they can't win it. And I think that that would be cool because a lot of times I think, and it's funny because as you all know, I went to Arizona and Jed Fish had Rob Gronkowski uh, over the weekend. That's um, a ball out of a helicopter. Yes, and everybody is excited. Arizona is going to be cool again. Whatever. We'll see what what happens. But I always have thought to myself, even back in the days of going there in my first exposure to being a journalist was a student newspaper covering their football team, like thinking, like, why do people care right now? There's a 0% chance they can go all the way. And, like, best case scenario, they'll go win the Las Vegas Bowl. And it's just like to give teams like that an opportunity to say, hey, if we go 10 and 2, like Arizona did a few years ago, we might actually have a chance to make the playoff and play in that tournament one day where the best teams compete. And like making it more inclusive to programs that otherwise right now have absolutely nothing to root for, I think is a positive. Now, I don't know what would happen as a result of it. And this is an indifferent pod, an entirely different podcast at all about how an expanded playoff could potentially impact the top heavy nature of the way recruiting results are happening right now. But the more teams that are playing in meaningful games, Andy, I think the better the sport is. So well, like, I, I, let, me, let me give you this. Sorry. I, Cause I did all, I gamed all these out. Here's one of the 10 team playoffs. I did. I put 2007 into the 10 team playoff machine. Listen to the names of the schools that make this playoff. Florida. Okay. They probably would have made Quite a few over the years, you know, if this is expanded, they've had three national titles since 1996. But Arizona State, Hawaii, West Virginia, Kansas, USC, Missouri, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Virginia Tech. How different is it if Virginia Tech, if we live in a world where Virginia Tech, Kansas, West Virginia can make the playoff. I think it's great. I also think it's interesting, too, that in the current system, the way things go, that your team could lose. Like Oklahoma last year was a perfect example of it. The Oklahoma team that was excluded from the playoff discussion last year because of two ugly losses were a much different group of guys by the time the year was over with. Right. The, and like the, letting the teams... Oklahoma team was, was similar to the, the 2012 Texas A&M team with Johnny Manziel. Right. They're a completely different team at the end of the season. And then letting those teams who have early bumps in the schedule play themselves into themselves and, and kind of find themselves. And like how many teams and how many fan bases like look back you know, just in my experience covering Ohio State, how many of some of their best teams of all time never made one national championships and some of the teams 2015, that you know, and, you know, putting them in a position where I mean, I the 2005 teams, the one that comes to into my head the most, um, 
the year before the 06 team where they lost to Florida was probably the best team in Ohio State history, and they didn't make the national championship game. And like giving that team a chance to compete against the Alabama of that year would have been great. Now, well, the Alabama of that year was USC. Here's what if if they'd had an 18 playoff, that Ohio State team opens against Oregon in Columbus. If they win, they're going to the Coliseum in the semis to play USC. That'd have been a hell of a game. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, if you go back and you look at the 05 year specifically, like one of Ohio State's losses was to the Texas team that won the national championship. And they lost when their tight end dropped the pass that hit him in the chest in the end zone. That would have put him up nine late in the game. So, like, you look back at, at, at situations like that and you might think, like, hey, teams that never won a national championship in the past might have actually had a chance to do it. Now, the way the 05 season ended was the perfect ending, and that's probably the one year where you wouldn't want to change things. But it is funny to think about how things could happen if you forgive earlier losses. But then that takes you back into the other dynamic of this is non-conference games and upsets and losses are so interesting right now because those teams are playing for a national championship in August and September. And, you know, I don't know if you'd want to change that, but, you know, would you load up your schedule if you could win a national title with two losses or three losses? Yeah, sure. And that would be more games, right? More good games, better product. Those are better games that my, my thing with this and the more you game it out, the more you realize this just gets you better games. And that is the entire point. Like forget tradition. Give me better games. That's all I want. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. It is. Um, let, let's go. Let's go through these because okay. you know it. There's a big difference between six and sixteen. Because I want you so, to explain too how you set the seeds up in each individual one. Because a sixteen, a sixteen playoff, and a ten team playoff, you arrive at that field differently, right? Or, or, or in every field, do you do? Well, I mean, you have yeah, you have buys and you have different like. The, the number one seed isn't necessarily going to play the worst team the first time it takes the field, depending but on. But in all these scenarios, does every power five conference champion get in automatically? Not six. I think if it's six, you, you don't do auto bids. But the all the other ones I did auto bids. OK, for the, for the power all right. fives. All right. Go through them. OK, so number for, for the 16, the only one I could think of that where a six team really makes it better and you're kind of satisfied when it's done Uh and not, and you wouldn't necessarily want anything more. Was 2014? Remember, you had Baylor and TCU mm-hmm. arguing about who is the real Big 12 champ. Obviously, it was Baylor because they won the head-to-head, but <laughs> the Big 12 would not admit that. Uh, and then you had Ohio State getting in at number four. They had that loss to Virginia Tech, and so that was a question about whether they should get in. I think Ohio State vindicated the committee by winning the national championship that year, but. Let's say you still believe that TCU and Baylor would have messed somebody up in the playoff. Well, this would give you your chance. So with a 16 playoff, your round one is number 16. And I just use the, the CFP the rankings, rankings or the right. or the BCS standings, depending on the year. Your round one is number six TCU at number three, Florida State. Now, you saw Florida State get crushed by Oregon in the Rose Bowl that year. If you watch Florida State in the second half of the 2014 season, you know they were hanging on by the skin of their teeth in a lot of games. There's a real good chance TCU wins that game. Real good chance that TCU goes into Tallahassee and wins that game. Uh, Number five, Baylor at number four, Ohio State. Fun game. Baylor's offense versus Ohio State's defense. I'm in for that. I think Ohio State wins because I think they're just better. Um, 
Baylor, Ohio State winner versus Alabama. So you probably get Ohio State, Alabama, but you get it in Tuscaloosa. Well, actually, in this one, I, I think most of the people in charge still want to have the semis and bowls. So you probably get Ohio State, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in a semi, just like you did in 2014. Yeah, I think what you're going to find... Get the, Oh, go ahead. You can finish real quick. Yeah, you get TCU Florida State winner against Oregon in the Rose Bowl. And I think what would happen for the most part, and again, this is college football hypothetical speaking, but for the most part, especially in the playoff era, I think even if you expand it, you're still going to arrive at the same Final Four every year for the most part because football, though upsets do happen in the regular season, I'm not sure that they would happen as regularly um, in the postseason, uh, as you might think. And I, and, and I guess six is they're all high quality teams. Like if you start getting into 10 and 12, then the, the 10, 11 and 12 teams aren't on the same atmosphere or galaxy or planet as the right. number one, two and three teams are. So, you know, even though that would create more fun matchups and, and listen, who, who was the 12th team in the rankings last year? I mean, would you watch any, any team in the country that made or any team in the final four last year play coastal Carolina or whoever it would have been in the first round, the, the answers are resounding. Yes. But I think for the most part, especially in the current climate of the sport, because I do think that the sport right now is much different than it was in 2007, six and five, it's far more top heavy. And I think that the top teams would still rise to the top and you would but still think, get that final four. I think this four. would smooth out the top heaviness a little bit. Especially if it's big enough that it's it's inclusive. Yeah. So well, that's if you, you think that the the expansion of a playoff would then change the way teams are recruiting right now, which again is a different discussion. But it, it might. You you, you meant you mentioned you think that the final four would be the same. Let me give you an example where I don't think it would. So in my eight team scenarios, one of the years I did was 2015. 2015 Ohio State is the most talented team in the country. They don't make the playoff because they lose to Michigan State in the regular season. Michigan State goes to the playoff, gets destroyed by Alabama. Alabama and Clemson play a classic national championship game. Both of those teams were really, really good. Here's how that playoff would have worked. And it's an eight team, so there's no buys. Number eight, Houston, which is your highest ranked group of five champ. Remember, they beat Florida State in the Peach Bowl after this season. Number eight, Houston goes to Clemson. That's a pretty fun game. Clemson wins, but Greg Ward playing against Clemson's defense could be fun. Here's where it gets really interesting. Number seven, Ohio State at number two, Alabama. That Ohio State team can beat any team in the country that year. They are probably more talented than Alabama in it's 2015. It's Alabama that year for sure. Well, but that's that they shouldn't like. I'm not sure Ohio State's ranked seventh if it's a realistic possibility for them to make the playoff. Yeah, you re rank them that based on, yeah, the rankings kind of change based on the certain context of like where the sport or the where the, the playoff is headed. So you have to rank yeah. them lower to leave them out. But if they're not being left out, then you might not rank them that low. So you, you've got Stanford at number six, the Pac 12 champ against Michigan State in East Lansing. Stanford can win that game. That's the Stanford Absolutely. team that kills Iowa in the Rose Bowl. Stanford can win that game. Number five, Iowa, which played a, a classic Big Ten championship game but lost to Michigan State, plays Oklahoma. That's that's a Baker Mayfield Oklahoma team, but not not a great Baker Mayfield Oklahoma team. Not the one two years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that it's it's an interesting situation because Ohio State in that scenario could have won the national championship because it was just the fourteen team a year advanced. Um, that 
lost the only game on their schedule that they couldn't have lost in, on a weird night at home. Um, and that's, but that's also the conversation you have to have with yourself of like the beauty of the regular season. And it's just like Michigan state brought, um, their team into Ohio stadium and played a backup quarterback. So and when, beat when the most that kicker is doing Ohio the whirly bird after they went, after they win the game, are you still not, are you not as excited as you were? Are you not as amazed as you were that they won that game? I think that Ohio state fans in that scenario would not be as devastated which takes away from the importance of it because I think that they would assume that they would still get in if they, if they're <laughs> do, in that position. Do they take out their frustrations on Michigan as badly the next week? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I, I here. Yeah. And it's like Ohio state is like the worst example of the, of what to do because Ohio state would be the greatest beneficiary of this because Ohio state every single year in the playoff was either in or on the cusp of being in. They've never not been in the discussion on selection Sunday. Because Ohio state's always so, good. <laughs> no, I know, but there are certain teams that won't be penalized. Like Ohio state's regular seasons moving forward would not be as entertaining as they were in the past because they would get in every year, no matter what. That's okay. And Cause like, they're going to get to play somebody awesome. And they're probably going to play somebody awesome in the non-conference just for fun and to get ready. And then they're going to play somebody awesome in the playoff. Yeah. And I'm good with that. But the beauty of the sport to a certain extent is that everybody who watched the Michigan State Ohio State game in 2015 knew that they were watching basically what was a playoff game at that time. Ohio State played Except, a playoff game I, against Michigan but State. But now and I know lost that Michigan already. State had no business playing Alabama. Like, I don't want that. I want Ohio State to have a chance. Do you think that the, the vast majority of fans who watch the sport, want Ohio State to have a chance? Because I think that if you did a poll right they now want and to said, see do you want Ohio State to have play a chance? The best. I think they want to see the best teams play the best teams. And they don't want them to lose out on a fluky game where the coach forgot that Ezekiel Elliott was on the team. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. I also think there's a certain element to national championship contender good team that's good enough to win it all is now out because they didn't take care of business makes a November game more exciting than it would have otherwise been right I, I but think it that still I, would have been very exciting when when Michigan State wins that game yeah that's the thing it still would have been headline news it would but have everybody been the likes stakes that everybody likes stakes when the stakes are higher the entertainment factor is higher well I'll, I'll let me let me let me try change that on you everybody likes stakes s-t-e-a-k-s just because you're not having filet mignon in November doesn't mean you can't enjoy a sirloin in November and then have the, the filet or the uh, the bone-in ribeye in the playoff. But you can make the argument that you're having the bone-in ribeye in the playoff right now. Uh, no, if you want to see the best we, play the best, we, that's not the point we got of this. A, we got a nasty heat lamp hamburger in the Cotton Bowl. I was there. That was a but, horrible game. Ohio State needed to be in that playoff so that they could determine who the best team was. But you just said that people want to see the best play the best, and I would argue that they do every year in this system. I would argue that they don't. Ohio State was the most talented team in the country, and it didn't get to play in the playoff. I know, but that team also played the entire regular season schedule with their head up their ass and didn't deserve to play it. Like they, like they okay. weren't the best team that year. They were the I most don't talented. Care. Team. I want to see them play Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I mean, I do not. I'm just care. playing devil's advocate here because <laughs> I get what you're saying. The better the the teams that are most talented or whatever, 
um, playing the other teams that are most talented are certainly most exciting. And watching Ohio State play Alabama at the end of that year would have certainly made for a better game than what we saw from Michigan State. But a um, um, regular season, I don't know if, if fluke is the right word because that Michigan State team was really, really good the still. Michigan State team was good. If they, if they hand off to Zeke a few times in the second half, they win the game. Yeah. I mean... Or I if they get their person. play calling, their play calling system streamlined the way they did the following week against Michigan, they win the game. Yeah, but like also if you just to play devil's advocate again though, Urban Meyer couldn't make a decision on who to start the quarterback. The team was discombobulated all year, despite being as talented as they were. They never played like they did, not even an semblance of what they were in fourteen until they ended up playing Michigan and then beat Notre Dame pretty badly in the right Fiesta i want to see that team in the playoff <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm okay i just like i just don't know and i understand what you're saying the only reason why i'm pushing back on you a little bit is that i don't know like what the florida state fan wants to see in that scenario or what the usc they want to see the, the best team do you think they want to see ohio state alabama no they want to see ohio state versus that clemson team that year but stick with me on that this. that's what they want to see what is how do you pronounce the word shadenfruit I can never pronounce that word. Schadenfreude? Whatever. Oh, there listen. is a certain But they get element. that when they see them lose to Michigan State. But if Ohio State wins the national championship that year, nobody wanted to see that. The only nobody people who wanted to, to see Alabama Ohio State win, win a national that championship. Want it. Yeah, no, I know. You're <laughs> right. You're right. I'm just saying, like, there's a certain, there's such a strong draw. And listen, when I used to work at Cleveland.com, we had metrics on our stories and we have metrics on our stories at the athletic but whenever we would look at certain stories and i could see other markets like if you wrote a, a headline that said michigan loses top five player to flip to other school that was read every bit as much by ohio state fans as ohio state successes yes and i think there's everybody a loves part of the tears of their rivals but guess what you know what michigan fans would have really enjoyed that year Watching Ohio State lose to Clemson. I think Ohio playoff, State fans, or I think Michigan lost. fans, maybe, I don't know, not to a certain extent, because Michigan State got to enjoy it. Michigan State is also a rival of Michigan's. But right. I think Michigan fans had a great night that night, and they got all they needed to see their rival lose <laughs> to <laughs> Michigan State. Sucked and out not, of their souls the I don't, following I, week. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it, yeah, sure. But like, Watching your team's rival lose their chance at a national championship because they played a weird game is every bit as enjoyable to some fans as not as that's, seeing their own team win. That's a team. That's one team's rival. I didn't realize there are people who hate watch Ohio State, hate watch I Notre think Dame, everybody hate watch that Alabama. does not an Ohio State fan hates watches Ohio State. But that's the thing. It's not always going to be Ohio State. Some years that's going to be Auburn. Some years that's going to be uh, Oklahoma. Some years that's going to be USC. So... I just want to see the best players playing each other. Yeah, it's true. And, and like, listen, I think that the the benefits of expanding the playoff far outweigh the negatives. But I just think that when you change things, you have to accept that instead of having a really good stake in November, that you might have a sirloin in November. And like some people don't want to have a sirloin in November. Great. I want more steak, which is what I'm going to get, as opposed to a steak here and like the the leftover fat trimmings later. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk 10. I put 2008 into the 10 team scenario because 2008 was wild. You know, you had the three teams in the Big 12 South that all finished 11 and 1. Each loss was to another Big 12 South team. It, it was it was fascinating. So here's how that one breaks down. So in your round one, number 10 Ohio State goes to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. Jim Tressel versus Mike Leach. Here's your other round one game. Number nine, Boise State goes to number eight, Penn State. I don't know. I just got goosebumps thinking about old, old trestle ball versus Mike Leach, Texas Tech team. It's un- that's that's the thing. Every time, like, because I'm like, can't go bigger than eight. Not exclusive enough. Won't work. Don't do it. And then I put what the games would be in some of these other ones. Like, oh, my God, I want to see these games. Well, the point that you made in the past about the expanded playoff is percentages of teams participating in the postseason. Right. Ten and, and, and 10 is still a very exclusive percentage. It's still more exclusive than any other major American sport. I think going going past 10 would be too much. But I think you can make a case for 6, 8 and 10. Like that's I think the going thing. past 8's too much, but but I mean, on it, when we get well, to 12, you just made the case see. for 10. Yeah, no, I know. Well, okay. Let me let me give you the rest of the rest of the 10 team. So we, that's only the first weekend. So those games get played. Your Ohio State Texas Tech winner then goes to Norman to play Oklahoma. Your Boise State Penn State winner goes to Gainesville to play Florida. And Utah, the team that beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in real life, they are going to Austin to play Texas. And then get ready for the ratings bonanza. Number five, USC at number four, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, like the idea of matchups that can't happen. Becoming matchups we see is the most beautiful thought of all. Oh, I mean, like the Utah game, you'd have your built-in storylines. Brian Johnson's going back to Texas to play the Longhorns. And that Texas team, I, I still feel like that Texas team got the most job of anybody. Like, Because Texas Tech got destroyed by Oklahoma. Texas got beat on a, you know, just an incredible Michael Crabtree play on a really weird night in Lubbock. They did beat Oklahoma, but basically it was decided by the BCS standings that Oklahoma would would go to the Big 12 championship game, and that took Texas out of the hunt for the national title. Like the, All three of those teams should have had a chance to play for it, and this is this is how you get that. And like that that USC-Alabama game, holy cow. I mean, that, that sucker is going in the primest of prime time, splot, time slots. You're, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm in. Well, and that's what, that's what I said. So, I've always said eight is eight is enough. Don't go bigger than that because you're you're going to get the good games, but then you don't get any sort of chum at the bottom. Okay, so I, yes, I like that for ten. Wait till you hear twelve. All right, two twelve. <laughs> so this is twelve, and and I picked 
the dumbest year in in college football history, 2007, because I mean that's just I wanted to see how dumb it could get, really. So your 12 teamer, this is your first weekend. Number 12, Florida at number five, Georgia. We'll get to that in a second. I know it's a rematch. Number 11, Arizona State at number six, Missouri. Number 10, Hawaii at number seven, USC. Number nine, West Virginia at number eight, Kansas. So that Florida-Georgia game, by the way, that would have been the first Florida-Georgia game in Athens since 1995 because they did a Gainesville-Athens thing while they were revamping the the stadium in Jacksonville to, to host the Jaguars. And it would have been a rematch of that stomp game, the one where Georgia... When they scored the first touchdown, the whole team came out and like stomped on the end zone. And then no Sean Moreno just went crazy and destroyed Florida. Like that would have been an incredible rematch. So you got that. Now, here's your next week. Your West Virginia, Kansas winner goes to Columbus to play Ohio State. Here's your ratings winner here. The Hawaii USC winner, which obviously would have been USC, goes to Baton Rouge to play LSU. This is the LSU team that lost to Kentucky and Arkansas, yet still won the national championship. Your Arizona State Missouri winner goes to Blacksburg. So you got you got inner Sandman in the playoff. And then the Florida Georgia winner would go to Norman. So you're getting Florida or Georgia versus Oklahoma in Norman. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want yeah, those games? Yeah, no, I know. And I like as you were going through it. I was looking at last year's because it's the freshest in, in everyone's brain. Yes. Right? Yep. And like, if you have a 12 team playoff, you have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre Dame, Texas, A&M, a hot Oklahoma team, a Florida team that pushed Alabama to its brink in the sec championship game. Right. And none of the Florida players opt out if they're in the playoff. Right. Right. And then you have Cincinnati, uh, who was the talk of the group of five situation all year. And then the bottom four teams would be Georgia, Iowa State, Indiana, and Coastal Carolina. Now, I think that you could make a case that you could cut out the bottom four there and still have a hell of a playoff. And I, I just don't know, like when you say and that's the word probably the chum, case I would make, actually. Yeah. So but it, the games would be it, fun. Is that? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Do you want to see Alabama versus Coastal Carolina? I mean, I think the answer to that question would be yes, right? I kind of do. Yeah. yeah. So and I, and like, I, do you want to see Clemson, I, I Indiana? I don't know. I to have any. But okay, so but Alabama probably doesn't play Coastal Carolina. Alabama probably plays. Who's Alabama play? They would they would play the winner of the eight nine game. So they'd be that's Cincinnati Georgia. Yeah, which we got. Yeah, so they'd play Georgia, and we saw them play Georgia. But they played Georgia with J T Daniels. Yeah, actually, in Cincinnati, almost won that game. So you know, it would have been cool. I don't know how amped up we would have been. I mean, I don't. Rematches or rematches. I don't know. Is this like a perfect segue into the rematch discussion? Because some yeah, people would say, it, it, I don't want to see rematches. There, there's one that I did. I did 2017, and that was my we'll, – we'll talk about it in further detail when we get to the 16-team one. But in that one, just because of pure bad luck, Oklahoma and TCU would play three times. And Oklahoma crushed TCU the first two times. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I want to see that again. But yeah. a lot of times, it's a rematch – of what was a really good game, because if both the teams are in the playoff and they played each other in the regular season, they probably played a great game. The only problem with rematches is that I don't think people appreciate how hard it is to beat the same team twice. Just like, even if everything is the same, right? 
and it's not a fair situation for a team that have to beat the same team twice. But then again, you know, life's not fair. So I don't know how much I would even yeah, care. Uh, that, Florida but. 52, Florida State 20. I won't tell you what the score of the first game was. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it is tough, but I'm okay with with like the, that Oklahoma TCU scenario I talked about. I, I don't I don't want to see that. But the one I just mentioned in the in the 07 season, like if you've got Florida playing Georgia two months after the stomp in Athens. I mean, sign me up. I want that game 10 times out of 10. The other thing, too, Andy, is that in the scenarios where you get the Oklahoma TCU three-peat or three-match or however you want to say that. Three-match. I like that. You might actually get some crappy situations that you don't want to see again. But, dude, that happens now. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You get get bad games in the playoff now. So, like, even if one out of the seven or eight games that end up being played in an expanded playoff suck... It's not like all the other games are super exciting. I mean, it's like Ohio State beat the crap out of Clemson, and that was a fun game to watch. But in the second half, it wasn't close. And then Alabama beat the crap out of Notre Dame, and then Alabama beat the crap out of Ohio State. None of the games in this year's playoff None were of the games particularly really exciting. None. So like, yep. that's and, what and happens. The, yeah. And the thing is, this is what people who don't want to see a playoff expand always go to, like if, you, if they're talking about an 18, they go to the 1-8 game and say, well, I don't want to see it. But you do want to see the four or five game and probably really want to see the three six game because those are probably going to be much the, better than some of the games we've seen. And the one eight game should be viewed as a reward to the top seed. Correct. So which, even which if it doesn't completely fit in, in the regular season. Yeah. I think eight's the right, sweet number. Because I also I think, think so the, too, the, the but, thing with eight, and I don't know if we if you want to wait to the do you want to wait like to say which one we prefer till the end? Well, I've I've said eight all along, but he, he Here's my thing. The fact that they're talking 12 and 16 means there are some people who actually have real, whose opinions actually matter, not like us, but some people who actually run the sport who are in full blow it up mode. Like they're, they're ready to, to take some drastic action or they wouldn't even be talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 16 is awful, I think, because it, you get a bunch of bad games at the end. I mean, you get great games. Well, but let's, you get a go- let's talk about 16, Ari, because I mean, how crazy can we get, though? Like the thing about 16 is that like the entire landscape of the way the scheduling of the sport would have to change. So like I, we're talking I, I about so. completely well, blowing up the sport if you get the 16. Well, no, it's a 16 it, is a four week tournament, just like just like 10 or 12. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now here. OK, so I did 16 two different ways. I did it completely mimicking the basketball tournament where every conference's champion gets an auto bid. And then I did it with the, with the six auto bids, with the five power fives and the highest ranked group of five. I do not want to see the one that mimics the basketball tournament. So I did 2017 because that is the year that UCF went undefeated. And you want to see what you UCF would do yeah. in that. So here using the final college football playoff rankings, this is the one if every conference, all 10 FBS conferences that their champions got in. Uh, number 16, Toledo at number one, Clemson. Number 15, Florida Atlantic at number two, Oklahoma. Number 14, Troy at number three, Georgia. Number 13, Boise State at number four, Alabama. Number 12, UCF at number five, Ohio State. Number 11, Washington at number six, Wisconsin. Number 10, Miami at number seven, Auburn. Number nine, Penn State at number eight, USC. I don't want that. I don't want that. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, here's the other version. Number 16, Michigan State at number one, Clemson. 
Number 15, TCU at number two, Oklahoma. Number 14, Notre Dame at number three, Georgia, which, by the way, is a rematch of a 20 to 19 game played earlier that season in South Bend. I want that. That's a rematch I want. Number 13, Stanford at number four, Alabama. Number 12, UCF at number five, Ohio State. The rest is the same. Washington, Wisconsin, Miami, Auburn, Penn State, USC. So Penn State, USC would be playing. This, this is the year after that Penn State, USC played that great Rose Bowl. Uh, this, this was the year that Penn State went and beat Washington and USC went and, and, and got killed by Ohio State in the bowl game. Um, I would love most of these games. I don't, I don't know that I'd love. I, I, we've, we discussed I would not love TCU playing Oklahoma a third time. Not sure I'd love that Michigan State team against Clemson. But again, that's the reward for being the number one seed. And that Clemson team lost to Syracuse. It sure as hell could lose to Michigan State. Like that Clemson team got clobbered by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That one isn't exciting to me. I'm, I'm talking the, about the, the whole, whole thing, not just the whole bracket. Now, like that, like it's not that UCF there aren't Ohio good games. State would be fun. Awesome. I, I I understand that, but I think after twelve, the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, I could do without those teams. I, I want to see Notre Dame, Georgia, though. You don't want to see Notre yeah. Dame at Georgia? I mean, l- listen, you can come up with a 24 team or a 32 team. And I still right, want to like, watch games. You're talking, we're talking to people. If they listen to this podcast, we're talking to people who watch Maction. We're talking to people who watch right. games. You know, they want to watch everybody. I would want to watch all these games. But as we're, as it pertains to crowning a national champion, I think there's some excess fat there. So. I, I, think that, I think so too. And I also think removing the buys is bad. I, I buys are good. Buys are good for the regular season. They keep you motivated. You it's something to play for. If you're really I think good. you need I think you need to do something to preserve the importance of the regular season, whether it be seeding or whether it be a continued discussion of who the at-large teams would be on top of the champions. Mm-hmm. Something to keep their intrigue into the playoff. Well, and, and, and I think start- buys and hosting both do that. We have not talked about where the game should be played. You know, I think the the people running it are are saying, you know, do it on campus through the quarterfinals and, and go to bowls for the semis. I would argue do it on campus until the, the championship game and then have a neutral site championship game. But here's I, I, I wrote this in the column today. I want to give my nod to the traditionalists. Sorry. The national championship game every year is in the Rose Bowl, and it's called the Rose Bowl. That'd be amazing. Pasadena becomes to football what Omaha is to baseball. That'd be great. I'm in for that. Yeah. I, like, I, I also think the Final Four should be in Indianapolis every year. Like, I think uh, that would be perfect. I do, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, that would be amazing. I don't think that there's been anybody who's gone to the Rose Bowl, had a team play in the Rose Bowl, or has watched the Rose Bowl on TV and isn't just in awe of it. I think once you go once, you kind of can appreciate it a little bit more on TV. But, but the Rose Bowl is the only true destination. Like playing in that NFL stadium, Miami, or the Superdome, or or the or Jerry World. It's not. There's nothing special about that game. Like it doesn't matter where you are. The campus. yeah, you can be in Lucas Oil or you can be in the Superdome, and there's no different. Yeah, but so put the national title game in the Rose Bowl. And, and you, you create this whole ethos of everybody's working to get to Pasadena. That's the, the Pasadena is the dream. And 
There you go. Because I don't I don't think anybody complain about it like that. I, I don't think SEC fans would complain about the national title game being in the Rose Bowl. I think they'd be happy to make that trip if their team was in it. And obviously, Big Ten and Pac-12 fans would be perfectly happy with it. And I'm pretty sure fans in, in the other leagues would be happy with it, too. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that one. So do that because, look, college football is better on campus. And I don't think fan bases should have to travel more than once. Like, if you get a home game, you're not really you're not traveling. And also, too, a lot of fans are put in a situation now where it's like, do you want to spend all the money that you have to travel to the first round playoff game? where you're put in a situation where if they win, then you can't go to the championship because you've spent all your money on going to the playoff. And if you lose, it was a waste of money because you spent all that money to go see your team lose. And that's part of the reason why I think you see a lot of the ticket prices coming down on the first round semifinal playoff games. Yeah. No, it's it because it, you have to make that. If you think your team has any chance of making it to the national title game, you're saving for that one. And if you really don't think your team's going to make the national title game, you're not going to go to the semi anyway. But you're... Right. But you would if it was at the home stadium. Right. Yeah. And also, like, this is the other thing, too, Andy, because everybody's always talking about, like, the sanctity and the tradition of the sport. And here's my view on tradition. I think tradition is manifested individually by teams and their pastimes. So their bands, their pregame ceremonies, their history, their stadium, all those things will be completely unaffected by changing how you crown a national champion. All the tradition of the sport is based on what makes your certain school special to you and the things that that school does every week, regardless of where it's playing. Getting getting to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta is not going to to add to your team's history at all. Yeah. Like that that second and 26 pass from from Tua Tungavailo to Devontae Smith could have happened anywhere, and it would still be as magical to Alabama fans. Yeah, yeah. I I don't buy – don't mess with the I think that the beauty of the sport is every bit as wrapped up in the evolution of it as it is um, all the things that that used to happen. Like I have to do everything and see everything the same way I've seen it for the past hundred years, I think is dumb. Well, and, that, and that's this brings us to the bowls because people say, OK, what about the bowls? Well, here's what you do with the bowls. You get rid of them, at least as, as they're currently constituted. And the, the, the conferences take them over completely. And the conferences get together as 10 conferences, and they make the most interesting matchups they can. They get together with the TV networks. Probably, I guess ESPN is televising them all now. Does CBS still have the Sun Bowl? But you get together with ESPN and you say, here are all the bowl-eligible teams. Let's make the most fun matchups that the most people will watch when they come on television every year. Forget SEC number two goes here or Big Ten number four goes here. None of that crap. These are the teams. These are the most fun games. This is what people will watch. Yeah, it's like also, too, the whole idea of we have to protect the sanctity of the bowls is like crazy because they never meant anything anyway. It's like the sponsors change so often. I don't even know what the bowls are called half the time. Are you are you saying you don't? Cherish your memories of the ourhouse.com Florida Citrus Bowl. Yes. Do you know what ourhouse.com is? Is I know that I bought a couch that I that 
was very expensive and I'm still kind of reeling from it from our Are you our sure house. that wasn't gallaryfurniture.com? It was A R H A U S, our house. No, different. No, 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 this was this was our house. O U R H O U S E. I think they were trying to be like the online version of Lowe's or Home Depot before Lowe's and Home Depot cranked up their websites. Oh, yeah, no, I I know that our house is now the furniture store's house, but um, no, I, I don't really remember it. I don't remember my cheese at bowl memories and the, the, what was insight.com bowl and even websites. Well, and, don't and exist, Buffalo you know. Wild Wings has moved from Arizona to Orlando. And I mean, come on, it's just a branding nightmare. Uh, and I know everybody likes the, the mayonnaise tub full of Gatorade uh, and the idea of all the things that can happen. And I know that, might that be your once. personal hell, um, but you know, the games were always meaningless. So I know BCS bowls and it's kind of a way of like, you know, when sports writers used to write about store uh, before the playoff air, they'd be like, so-and-so team has made it to seven BCS bowls in the last 15 years. Like it was like a metric to decide how your team has done in the grand scheme of things. But like, I think replacing that with this team has made the playoff X number of years out of the last, you know, X number of years is a more accurate yeah. way of kind of keeping track. Well, of and, and, so, and it's interesting. Cause it'll be, it'll be sort of like the NCAA basketball tournament when it comes to, to job security for coaches, because certain programs will be, can you make the playoff? And if you can't, you, you're fired. Certain programs will be, if you keep getting knocked out in the first weekend, you're fired. I mean, it's, it's going to yeah, be it all very changes sick. based on what the expectations of your individual program are. Yeah. It's it. So but the thing is, I have softened on the eight thing more than I thought I would just by looking at this. So, and, and I'm, I still, I, I got to admit, I am shocked that they even admitted this now. That tells me that they're, they're panicking. They're scared that they're, that people are just fed up with the sport being so top heavy and want to see something different. The sport's going to still be top heavy. It's just going to look different at the end. I think so. But if you look at, if you look at early in the century, it was not nearly as top heavy. No, I know. Uh, recruiting has evolved. And so results on the field have evolved. And I don't know. I, I just think that that's the bottom line. And recruiting yeah, I, nationally I think, I think is far more prevalent team, now than it used to be. Yeah. The super so, team era came with seven on seven with, you know, people want it to be all about the playoff, but I don't think it's all that. I think it's, it's seven on seven. It's elite 11 regional qualifiers. Yeah, it's, it's these guys getting getting together a lot while they're being recruited and deciding that they want to play together. Yeah, and it's also based on inflated NFL statistics based on draft picks where the best players in the country are going to the best programs, and then those programs are then producing the most number of draft picks because they're getting the most good players. And, and, it's that, and that makes its own gravy, so, yes. Yeah, if you, so if like you develop first-rounders, I mean, listen – if I'm a if I'm a top 100 recruit, I am going to the school that develops first rounders at my position. Like that is the only thing I'm worried about. I don't I'm not worried about anything else. And it's like back in the day, and I think maybe back in the day could have been like 2005. Maybe back in the day is 1995. But if you were a five star running back from Mississippi, you might go to Ole Miss back then. That yeah. That, Players not the, going to Ole Miss at, right now, and at, I don't think the playoffs. Most is a you might go to, to LSU or Auburn, like right. That's you're as not far going, away as you're going. You're not going yeah. to Clemson, you know. Like that's yeah. so that is a problem, and I don't know how to reverse it. And I'm actually working on a story about like how it got so top heavy and what uh, recruiting coordinators think needs to change in order to fix it. 
uh, for the next few months at some point that's going to run. And I just don't know what the answer to that question is. I know the answer to that question isn't expand the playoff. It might make a small dent in it, but it's not going to resolve the problem because as much as people want to compete for national championships and go to places where you can potentially yeah, they, win they, one, they're looking at draft. They're picks just trying to get paid. Ends. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and all the stuff of well, draft picks and development, <laughs> but, but and, that there, there might be something to that that changes here in the next few months. So that's a that's an interesting and obviously not a subplot we need to get into in this podcast. We've yeah, gone no, too I long, know. But I mean, there's all the yeah. thing is, is that we can sit here and try to predict how NIL and all that stuff is going to change things, how an expanded playoff would change things. And I think it's kind of one of those things where you just got to see where it goes once it starts. It's like, you know, opening the door a little bit and it might get busted open and it might not. Um, but the idea of new things are happening. Stay tuned is intriguing to me. Absolutely. And we will have to stay tuned because we we don't know when they're going to do this. Uh, the next big question, I think, is, is are they going to do this when the TV contract ends, which means there's another four years of a 14 playoff or or well, no, there'd be another I guess it'd be another five or five seasons, six seasons of a 14 playoff. Or do they do this sooner than that, which. You know, look, if you're going to keep the bowls in it, you could do it sooner because everybody involved will be joining unto the new thing. So you can do it whenever you want to. So your favorite one, what is your favorite one, though? I still like eight. Just the more I think about it, because I feel like that gives us the best chance at really good games without a lot of teams that we go. I don't want to see that team in there. I like eight because eight gives you the five power five champions and then three at large bids, one of which would go to a group of five team, which kind of eliminates the group of five debate that we're having every year. And then two at large teams would keep the debate of who deserves to get in alive. So we can still have most in most years. There's not going to be a lot of argument there because there would only be two teams that didn't win their conference championship that maybe you know, we're at, we're good enough, but just didn't, didn't win that day or whatever, you know, your Ohio state 2015 situation or your Alabama 2017 or, or 2011 situation. I'm trying to pull up last year's again. Um, but yeah, I do think that you, got you would have, so like, it's like, listen, so Notre Dame gets in, does Notre Dame always takes up one of the at-large bids? No, no, because I think they still like, at the very worst they can do is 11 and one and make it. They, no, they, I know, but they, whatever, if like Notre right Dame ever makes right the now, playoff. Notre trade-off because last year was different because they were an ACC member, but right now Notre Dame's trade-off is if they're an independent to make the 14 playoff, they have to go 12 and 0. I think their trade-off if they are an independent still in an 18 playoff is they, they cannot go worse than 11 and one. Yeah. And I agree with that, but if they make the playoff, they automatically eat up one of the at-large bids. Like the only Correct. way Notre Dame could ever make an 18 playoff is if they were selected by a committee as an at-large. Correct. So you Correct. have Alabama going, you have Clemson going, you have Ohio State going, right? So that's three. Well, Oklahoma is the Dame, other conference Texas champion. Texas A&M at Notre Dame is probably the, the game I want to see the most in the playoff right. from last year. So, but Oklahoma is the conference champion. Oklahoma at Ohio the State is the, uh, is the other one. Cincinnati is your at-large bid. Who am I missing out? Who won the Pac-12? Oregon? Yes. So Oregon is the other team, and then you have um, one final spot between um, Iowa State, Georgia, Indiana, and Florida. You know, and Florida, and then that I would be Florida the debate. Get, Florida that would gets be the it because they're the highest ranked of that bunch, right? 
but that would be the debate. You would have people debating. Wait, no, Texas A and M would get would get the at large, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. Florida's out. Florida's out. Okay. So, and then Notre yeah, Dame be, would get an at large, and then Cincinnati would get an at large, and then that would be it. Right. Correct. Oregon is the one that's in there that that we were you know surprised about. Oregon would go to Tuscaloosa for the first game, and it's like even even like in that scenario, Iowa State might have been one loss away from being in. And like Iowa State was never one loss away from being in in a Final Four scenario. So absolutely, and like maybe the debate would be easier said than done most years, but you would still leave. I think leaving the door cracked open enough where there is some sort of debate about something is still healthy for the sport. Well, look at look at who's right under Iowa State, Ari. Another team that you'd never expect to be in this conversation, right? You know, Indiana, and they make things tricky, too, because they lost their quarterback and and all that sort of thing. But that then adds to the discussion that we would inevitably still have. And you still have a committee who has to put the the playoff together. And, you know, most of the time, too, like Notre Dame might not always be in the scenario. I think Notre Dame's inclusion in the playoff last year takes away one of the debate spots, which is unfortunate. But, you know, the more debating on top of the teams who earned it, I think is good because you have best of both worlds when your conference and get in, then you also have a three person or a three spot debate and not every year. Well, does the group of five have to make it every year? Do you give one spot I, to the I, highest I, ranked I group of do. five team? I think you do just to, just to get them off your back and you want that best group of five team in there. Cause there are years where they could like Cincinnati Clemson last year would have been a fun game. It would have been. I think you could put a provision in there that says if you're a group of five team with two with three or more losses, you're out. The, there doesn't need to be a group of five team in there because what you wouldn't want there isn't always a and year think, where there's a yeah, transcendent group of five year, and, team. And, and, and most years you wouldn't have that because most years the American champ or the Mountain West champ is is ten and two or, or you know eleven and yeah. two or because you wouldn't want to put a group whatever. of five team in the playoff if there's if the best group of five candidate is a three loss team. Because and then at that point it takes away the excitement. You want to see the UCF, the undefeated UCF team. You want to see last year's Cincinnati team. You want to see those teams play the big dogs when you don't know what would happen. But if the team's already lost three times, then I think that you could add the third spot for another Power Five team, which then would open the door for a team like Florida, who lost four times last year but pushed Alabama, or a team like Iowa State, whose two of their three losses is against the conference champion, who's already well, in. Ari, like, Ari, I'm looking at this so. 2019 Memphis was 12 and one. They're in 2018 UCF is, is 12 and oh, they're in 2017. Yeah, I mean, most years would be a in. thing. Yeah. Houston's in, in 2015. I think to, let's see who would, who would have been in 2016. Um, Western Michigan at 13 and O's in. So right. yeah, yeah. The, the, you're going to have somebody every year who fits that criteria. Yeah. But I think that would be great because I don't want to eliminate. I mean, maybe it's selfish because of my job, but, you know, I wouldn't want to eliminate all the debate about the playoffs. Well, and the possibility of Cinderella. Look, I I know how hard it would be for one of those teams to win a game, but once one did, it, it literally would, be would never happen. One of the most memorable games in the history of the sport. There's no way it. W- you mean if they ended up winning one or one at all, one game? Oh, that could happen. Yeah, that, I that, think it could. That, I like don't I think said, they would ever win a Cincinnati national championship. Cincinnati Clemson could have been a winnable game for Cincinnati if things broke the right way. I agree with that. I don't. I think if they played ten times, it might happen once. So over years, it would happen eventually. Right. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they're ever going to win the national championship. But if they did, that'd be a magical story too. So that would never happen. 
But if you include them, it's good for business. I think it's good for business. Yeah, that's not a debate. If they can take a game every once in a while, that's great for business. I also think what's also good for business is being able to discuss how things can change. Like, I know that some people are for it, some people are against it, but the idea of discussing and exploring inevitable change, which is something that happens across all things in life, is fun. And like going through this with you was fun because you can visualize the possibilities of what the sport could look like, even if it would never happen. So like, absolutely enjoy the idea of the expansion. I think expansion would be great for the sport. I think that there are ways where you can keep best of both worlds and a lot of stuff where you keep the sport, um, the sports postseason tournament exclusive enough where it's still really, really hard to get in, but you expand it just enough to allow some of the teams that we want to see play better teams to have a chance. You create more games. You continue the debates about the other spots. You give teams that win their conference or automatic reward, and then you go from there and you let it ride. And I think that would be the perfect scenario. And then as a result of it, you might have teams more willing to um, schedule better top-heavy things that are games to help their resumes. Mm-hmm. Then that would also create more good games for the fans. But then it also wouldn't put you in a position where you feel like you can't schedule those great games because if, if you lose one time, you're out. So you have a bunch more good games. And as you as you pointed out, better games is better for the sport. And better games better are for the always fan. better. Yeah. yeah. And and. There's one thing we have not touched on, and that's if you're adding games, what are you giving the players? And I think there's two different avenues that you can you can pursue here. You can just give them some money because you can say, well, we're buying your name, image, and likeness rights for this playoff. So you can, and I, I realize that every, the, the the rules as currently as as the schools would like them is the schools can't give them any money. Well, they can say, well, the CFP is giving them money, not the schools. Yeah. So what? However, they want to play that, they write the rules. Which also you could, them up. which also yeah. you could use as a guise for almost a bonus money for the players because of all the bonuses. Like imagine, like all the bonus keep them from opting out. Yeah, opt outs. I think this would improve opt outs. There's this like there's this thing where people think <laughs> yes, that, but but all this of a sudden cash gonna, would improve them a lot more. <laughs> no, I know. So, but it's like also imagine your how much harder your team might play if you say, hey, you know what? If you win this game, everybody on this team gets two grand. That's we're an incentive based society, Ari. And then the other the other one that I think they could also do is you can cut the regular season by a game. Like if you're going to go to a big one, if you're going to go to 10 or 12 or something like that, if you're going to a four week tournament, you need to cut the regular season by a game. And you can do that because you get rid of these buy games that none of your season ticket holders want in the first place. They don't want to pay for them. They don't want to go. And the TV networks don't want them like. The worst games, you know, at the beginning of the year when when there's a bunch of really bad games and you have to, like, if if you want to find Arkansas or Ole Miss, you got to go to, like, SEC Network alternate number three. Like, ESPN doesn't want that. They're they're paying, like, zero dollars for that game. Is the financial setbacks that a lot of the middle tier or smaller tier programs would get by not getting the gate money for going to those games. Well, they're getting more in the playoff contract, so... Yeah, I guess they would. I I just mean like middle tier group of five A going to Oklahoma to play and getting one point eight million dollars to play the game is what keeps our entire athletic department afloat. Yeah, they can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I that that those are games people don't want. Let's 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 give the fans what they want. So, and they again, their league's going to get more from this playoff contract because it's just going to bring in more. 
So that's going to help offset that a little bit. And I think you can reduce the number of games and then the, then you're not just making them play more games so you can collect the money yeah. because I don't think you can do that. Like that is not going to pass muster this time. Are so, there people that don't want this? Like, like, what do you think the percentage would be? Oh, I people, think there's a significant number of people who don't want this. Like what's significant percentage wise? If you had to take a, a third ballpark guess, a you think third. a third of people don't want the playoff to expand? Correct. I, well, I'm, I'm including in that third people who never wanted it to go to four and who would like it to go back to the old bowl system or, or back to the BCS. Yeah. Wow. A third is a lot. I may be low. I'm, I think I'm estimating fairly conservatively there. Interesting. Yeah. I would have guessed like 10%. No, no. I Ari, you like fun. You like being around people who are fun. So these are not people you engage with very often. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't wrap my mind a lot, it. but. Yeah, they, they tweeted me a lot, but th- these are people you'd never want to hang out with in, in real life because they're they just don't like fun. Yeah, they, they want things to be the way they were when they were children, which is a really horrible way to go through life. I agree. Well, there were some cool things about being a child, like not having to pay for a couch. Yeah, I that of course, but you <laughs> no, no, I'm just really I'm just get that option. <laughs> I want some car- I want cartoons like the Transformers. All these hippie cartoons today. Now I want I want GI Joe where there's red lasers and blue lasers and nobody ever hits anybody. <laughs> Fun. That's what I want. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. You you have a habit of picking these rankings that when you say them I'm like oh that'll be easy and then I start to do them I'm like this is impossible. It's really impossible, but I'm I'm excited to go. I, I I'm very interested too. Okay, so we're random ranking fast casual restaurants, places where you can eat quickly but don't have a drive through, and there's no waiter or waitress. So you have yep. you have to order at a counter, you get your food, and then you eat inside, but it's not fast food, fast casual. Right. Okay, and I, I am I am making. I just changed my number five. My five and six have flipped. Okay. I, I'm sure that when I, you start saying your thing, I'll be like, crap, I'm an idiot because I didn't go look at any lists of places that um, I should choose from beforehand. I just did this like off the top of my head. All right. OK, so my number five. So uh, I'll give you my number six first. This is my original number five. And I just realized that I'm just thinking about if I had the choice between these two places, I would be happy with either one. I would enjoy either one. But I know which one I'd go to most of the time. So. My number five or my original number five that I've now moved to number six is Blaze Pizza. My number five is Five Guys. Yeah, Five Guys is really good. I think it's super expensive for what it is, though. It is, but it's you got to pay $14 to get a burger out of that place. And they fill the entire bag with fries. Yeah, they do a good job. I like the peanuts thing, too. Um, Yeah. So wait, what was your number six? Blaze Blaze Pizza. Pizza. Okay. I would rather go to flat five guys than blaze pizza because like, I'm like, I don't have any pizza places on my list here. Uh, cause I'm like either give me Domino's or give me really good pizza. Like I don't need the do it yourself type stuff. Not that it's not yeah, good. I like, but I like blaze better than, than Domino's. I know, but like, I, I don't know what it is about pizza, but I don't, I couldn't tell you the last Domino's time I, is significantly cheaper than blaze. So I, and I, I also can't remember the last time I sat in a restaurant and ate pizza unless it was like in Chicago. I don't or sit. I don't sit in blaze and eat pizza. I order on the app. I walk in and I get it. Yeah. 
yeah, I actually couldn't tell you the last time I've eaten there, but it's been a long time. I never, I never think of fast casual pizza places to go to. Um, okay, so my number five, I'm I'm on the fence too between five and six. So my number six is uh, Wingstop. Ah, uh, okay. Wingstop is really good, and by the way, has super underrated fries and great corn on the cob and great rolls. And my number five is Chipotle. And mm-hmm. you know what? I love both of those places, but I think I might switch Wingstop to number five because okay. wings are a really hard thing to get. And I know certain restaurants have really good wings, but like fast casual wise, if you just want wings, it's kind of a hard, pl- it's kind of a hard thing to well, do. I, I have one that would not have been on my list had they not recently added wings and they're shockingly like the best wings in the town I live in. Can and I, go I don't on? know why. Okay. Well, I, I, will, I will hear that. Here's my thing with Chipotle. It's super good, mm-hmm. but it's too inconsistent for me. How much is a scoop? Really? I've got to play a game every single oh, time oh, I go oh, in the there. The amounts are inconsistent. Yeah, it's no, I think that the food is consistent. Consider, Sorry. Right. Chipotle, I picked Chipotle over the other ones of that ilk, your your Kidoba, your Moe's, because the food is more consistent. Like consistently yeah. good. I don't like the Not idea that the, if the I amounts ask, I don't know about if I if I order a burrito on my app on Chip, uh, on the Chipotle app and I go in there and get that I never know how much meat's going to be in there. It might be a lot. It might be very little. Some place double meat is um, normal size, and sometimes double meat is overpoweringly a lot of meat. And like a lot, I no do this thing. game where. If I'm getting the the burrito in the place, I will say, I want a chicken in my burrito or steak in my burrito. And then I will watch the person scoop it. And based on whether or not I'm satisfied by how much meat they put into the burrito, I'll either ask for double meat or I'll just keep it the way it is. And then at the end of the road, if the person has to ask me whether it's double meat or not, I say it's single meat because they should be able to tell what double meat looks like. Wow. That's my entire thing. Whoa, and it's whoa. like if you think that so it's So when you tell the person double meat, if you do not feel that it it meets the requirement in your mind of double meat, you do not pay for double meat? It's not double meat. Just cuz what I said to him, what I said to I'm him calling was double the cops meat. The next he time you go give to me double meat. Next time he I'm gave, going to Chipotle, I go to Chipotle with you. If you do that, I will, I'm going to I, turn you in. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it if they had a measuring cup. Where they pour the measuring cup, and their amount of meat that owes to the me- that goes to the top of the measuring cup is the same amount of meat that you get every time. If the cashier can't tell what double meat is, that means I wasn't given double meat, which thus means I'm not paying for it. <laughs> Ari logic not, is my favorite. I'm not logic paying in the double world. meat for single meat portions <laughs> because the the guy behind the counter this time decided not to fill the spoon up. So was was Chipotle your number five? I'm I'm confused now. I moved Wingstop to number five because I think you number five. Oh, okay. And, and like, I don't know, Chipotle. I have another okay. place that you can get burritos and tacos on my list. And like, I think that Me the too. scarcity of wings is higher scarcity than burrito, especially depending on where you live. Okay. So my number four is McAllister's Deli, which every SEC town has these, but they've, they've expanded into most, most of the West, most of the East of the Rockies States. They're, they're, they're very they're very frequent. So uh, best iced tea on earth is the best, just the best sweet tea where you can get unsweet tea and, and sweeten it yourself. 
but that is the the best iced tea, which is a big deal to me. It's my favorite drink. But you then they also have very good sandwiches. They have good salads. They have good soups, and just whatever you're in the mood for. But the tea is what brings me back. I've never eaten there, so I can't weigh in on that. I've seen them all over the place, but I've never gone in there. And I've like I've gone to Jason's Deli quite a bit because it had Wi-Fi near my apartment. Yeah, and I not used to work not in there near, a lot. Very different. Jason's Deli is all about sa- the salad bar. You're you're you know you pr- maybe you get a sandwich, but you're definitely getting the salad bar. Yeah. Uh, McAllister's, you you order at the counter and then they bring you what you got. Okay. My number four is kind of off the beaten path, and I'm kind of a psychopath for putting it on there, but I love Einstein Brothers bagels. And oh, I, think I do one too. Of, I, think one, I think one of the sweetest delights in food is an everything bagel toasted with egg and cheese on it. And the reason why Einstein's made my list, it's not the greatest bagel in the world. It's a fine bagel. But it's the only place of its kind where you can duplicate that. Now, I know Brugger's is also a chain, but there's mm-hmm. not very many of them. So I don't even, I didn't really weigh the option there because I think Brugger's is actually better than Einstein's, but it's hard to find them. Well, so, Einstein has the, uh, the their jalapeno cheddar bagel, and you get yeah. that with, with, with egg, uh, bacon, and cheddar. I mean, that is a, that's a great breakfast sandwich right there. And I like it's that fantastic. you can get it all day, too. So, um, and then I like... Also, blueberry bagel with uh, cream cheese on it is another thing. And it's just kind of yep. like a unique space that I think needed to be represented on my list. Also, very good coffee there. The, 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 their regular selection of coffees is really good. All right. So my number three is Chipotle. We've already discussed Chipotle at length. What is your number three? My number three is Shake Shack. Um, I had a hard time between Shake Shack and Five Guys because part of my list i wanted to be not um, hard for me if we're talking about overpriced burger restaurants give me the one that has good fries but shake shack yeah i think crinkle cut fries are the worst fries that you can get in any it's like form. My middle school cafeteria yeah and crinkle cut is like the bottom rung and i agree with you that the fries at shake shack aren't as good as the fries at five guys but shake shack isn't as expensive as five guys and shake shack also has like chicken so they're like new chicken bites. The the uh, spicy ones are legit. And I think the variety at Shake Shack plus grade A shakes puts them ahead of five guys, which I think is overpriced for a burger that's similar in quality to the one that you get at Shake Shack. Oh, see, I, I don't I think the five guys burger is better. It probably is a little bit better. Um, but between price and variety, I'm always a big variety guy. You know this about me. There's more oh, yeah. variety at Shake Shack. <laughs> yes, I, trust me. I've heard your uh, mall food court fantasy meal. <laughs> yeah, um, disgusting. Shake Shack. <laughs> All right. I don't know like what's going to happen because, and I don't know if I'm allowed. I guess I'm going to say this. I don't know if I'm allowed to, and I hope I don't get. Shake Shack is expanding to the drive-through model to compete with In and Out, and I only know this because my soon-to-be wife is in commercial real estate and is working with them, and, um. Did you I just hope get it her fired. I don't know. I'm 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 hesitating a little bit, but I I know that the idea of Shake Shack is to make them faster and for you to be able to go through a drive-through. And I don't know how that's going to impact their quality control because quality control is certainly an, a, a real life concern, and it might not be fast casual anymore once they create a drive-through, which was one of the things that we've put on our list as is a guiding a guiding philosophy here. But I really like their food. So my number two is, it's fairly regional. So I, I think a lot of our audience probably has not come across one of these. If you do, 
by all means, stop and, and get one. Uh, Tijuana Flats. So this is a place that I think it started in Florida. Uh, it is all over the state of Florida, but they, they're moving up the East Coast and, and have got uh, locations in a bunch of different states on the East Coast. It's a burrito taco place. The burritos are excellent. Uh, I, I like the burritos better than your Chipotle and Moe's Kidoba. It's not a go down the line kind of place. It's just tell them what you want and they'll, they'll get it for you. They have a great hot sauce bar. Uh, just a, a really good selection of a bunch of different hot sauces. Uh, there's a uh, Georgia peach and Vidalia onion sauce that is one of my favorite hot sauces. And I just drown my burrito in that when I get it because it's it's outstanding. But they just started doing wings. And I don't know if, if we're a test market for it or, or if they're doing it throughout the chain. But I've gotten them three times now. And they are fantastic. Like consistently good size cooked perfectly, you know, not, not too mushy, not because they're, they're not drowned in sauce. Like, like you get at a wing place that isn't really a wing place. And I don't like mushy. They ones. do like, that's a, why I like wing stops so much. Cause they're crispy and they're yeah. fresh. Well, yeah. right. Cause they, they specialize in making wings. Yeah. So, but these, th- this is like a place that specializes in making wings, but you can also get burritos and tacos. And I just, I've been so impressed with those wings and, so now when my kids want to go to a fast casual type place, that's the one I suggest because they love it. My wife loves the tacos and I can get the wings. I've never heard of this place, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah. I don't know if they're in Texas yet, but they're, they're definitely heading that way. They, they've expanded quite a bit in the last few years. So what is uh, what's your number two? This one's weird. And <laughs> I'm sorry if I offend people at Baja fresh. I don't know if you've ever no, eaten there. Not weird. It's just, I have it's it's I think it's awesome or Chipotle or no I think Baja Fresh's tacos are way better and the thing that they have that you are really hard to find is and I guess growing up in Arizona there's Filiberto's and places where you can go and get real legit Mexican food through a drive-thru but they have Mm -hmm. a fried fish taco there that is legit amazing and if you know this about me I love fried fish Um, I love the (laughs) filet fish sandwich Uh, I love fast food fish sandwiches and I like um any type of thing that comes with deep fried fish and their fish tacos are legit. They've got great chips and salsa an expansive menu. And I think that it's a hard thing to find. There aren't that many locations and it's just well, like, Andy, okay, if so you wanted the fish taco that was deep fried, where would you go right now? Uh, I don't, I couldn't, there's nowhere where I live. Now there is a chain that I considered putting on my list. It's a, it's a Southern California based chain called Rubio's. Yeah. Yeah. Rubio's is very into similar and into Texas and yeah, uh, but they have, they have shrimp tacos, fish tacos, I love Rubio's. That's one of those. Yeah. It used to be when when I would visit LA, I'd make sure to hit a Rubio's while I was there. And um, but now they've they've got them in Orlando and Tampa now, and and it's, it's pretty cool because that like it's weird because Florida was so far behind on taco places, and now we're almost caught up. But that, that's taco one places are still like. Of the evolved world of fast casual fast food places, I think tacos are dead last. In terms of availability and places where that you well, can, yeah, I mean, like the, the fact that Torchy's tacos only exists in Texas and Colorado and Oklahoma. They just made one in Ohio. I saw. Okay, I think they're okay. expanding. I was say, it's a yeah. crime. Like it needs there. There needs to be a Torchy's tacos in every city of at least a hundred thousand people in America. Because there's no place to go get easy tacos unless you're in the Southwest. So Baja Fresh is on my list because it's just not an easy thing to do, and I think Taco Bell is trash. So like that's right. 
that's like the only thing that you can do or Rubio's. And I think Rubio's and Baja fresh are very similar. I could interchange those. So I'll give my number one is a place that we actually discussed not long ago when we were talking about uh, various sit down chain restaurants. This is the sister of a sit down chain pay white that uh, is, is a lower price version, but the same food or better. That's right. Payway better yeah. pad Thai than PF Chang's. Their pad Thai Half is the price. Off, as I would have said in high school off the chain. I very it's much, so very good. much like, it's and so I, I actually good. forgot about um, payway because I don't know what's happening to them, but they're very f- few of them. Now there's not that much anymore. They used to be everywhere, and like now they're kind of hard to find. There was one on Arizona's I think, campus that I, I used to Panda eat at Express all the time. Just killed him. And Panda Express is just direct to me. So like I, I would never, I, I never go to Panda Express. And I know that's like a crime to some people, but like whenever I go to Panda and I get orange chicken, like everybody else, like after two pieces, I'm sick of it. So it all looks radioactive to me. Yeah, I, I it's it is what it is. Like their noodles and their rice, whatever. But Payways Pad Thai is legitimately like restaurant quality good. It is a restaurant. <laughs> Sit down restaurant is what I meant. To say. I say, but that's the thing. So it is, you know, PF Chang's is the parent company. They also serve pad Thai at PF Chang's, but it's not as good as the pad Thai at payway. And it costs more. And, and when I go to PF Chang's, I would order pad Thai and I, I I'd want to be like, why can't you just make it like payway does? Yeah. Also, that's why I never go. Uh, it's a high, the only high uh, dining or high money dining Chinese places that I go to are in Vegas now because theirs are just like really good in the hotels. But like I never go to PF Chang's because I know that Payway exists. Payway has ruined PF Chang's for me. It, as well, it should. Why should you waste your money? Yeah. <laughs> you know, spend less, get the same or better food. It, it just makes sense. What is your number one? Okay, my number one, and I'm sorry to my compadre Bill Landis. I don't mean to be offensive. But I think that Philly cheesesteaks are one of the most uh, easily duplicated meals that you can get. Now, I'm not saying that Philly cheesesteaks in Charlie Steaks, which is my number one, are as good as the ones in Philadelphia. I know that there are some bread issues uh, and roll issues because you can't get the bread that you get in Philly in other places. But I think Charlie Steaks is legitimately an amazing cheesesteak. Their fries are legit. They have a ton of different steak options. Their sauces are amazing, and they have fresh lemonade. I love Philly cheesesteaks, and I love them from Charlie's, and I think that they're they're. – I've been to Pat's. I've been to Gino's. I've been to multiple places in Philadelphia and even Atlantic City, White House subs, and have had great cheesesteaks, and I'm not saying that they're as good as those, but I think duplication-wise, they've done a pretty good job of making a fast, casual cheesesteak that you can get at any point whenever you want it. Of course you're number one's in the food court. Of course. Oh, yeah. I guess it's in the food court. Uh, Steak Escape. Is Steak Escape dead? I think it might be dead. I haven't seen a Steak Escape in a while. I, I haven't been in a, you know, the, the whole concept of the mall food court has has sort of faded away because the concept of the in fully enclosed mall has faded away. Yeah. And, and the, also Charlie's is a, Charlie's are in the mall, but they're also all over the place. Right. In they have, like they have mortar standing stores. units as, uh, as yeah. Chick-fil-A calls them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think it's really good. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I just, it, I should have known. And it's funny because I missed the first minute of your praise of Charlie's because my headphone well, died. It was, was me to... apologizing to Landis because I know that he is a Philadelphia snob when it comes to their food. And I wasn't trying to spit on 
uh, what he finds so important. Uh, what he finds important I, has cheese whiz on it. Ari. I don't think we need to. He doesn't get the cheese whiz. I think he's a pro that guy. much. He's not a psychopath. Okay. Uh, but I do think that, you know, you can't duplicate the bread, but it's like, I guess you could make a new random ranking of which fast first or fast, which fast food version of a really good food is best translated into the fast food or fast casual form. And I think cheesesteaks would be number one for me. Interesting. I, you know, I, I'm not, I feel like I've not been to Philly and had the real thing to, to compare it. So I, I, I don't feel like I can judge it at all. But he's from Philly, so he'll give you some hole-in-the-wall place on the northeast side that no one's ever heard of that makes the real steak. And then Pats and Geno's are like the The tourist tourist trap ones, and I buy that. But in terms of just like Chinese food at a nice restaurant is much better than Panda Express. Like getting a hamburger is probably the easiest thing to translate to. I think cheesesteaks are at the top of that list. Charlie's number one. Also, like, too, you there are a bunch of cheesesteak food court places, and in, in, they're not all Charlie's, but they're all always awesome. Because the hand-cut fries. Yeah. Just like our Steak Shack, our, our, our Five Guys versus Shake Shack discussion, it's all about the fries. If you make but Five Guys is twice fries, as expensive, They though. will come. That has to matter, too. Mm, doesn't matter as much. I'm getting an entire paper bag full of fries. I can live with it. Also, for some, as much food as I put down, I never finish those, so it doesn't appeal to me. I as much. Do. I'm so full. I know, I know you do. <laughs> okay, what's your number one? You're, you're leaving us in suspense. I've already given you my number one. My number what one was, was your Payway. number one? Oh, Payway. I'm an idiot. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I can buy Payway. I think Payway probably should have made my list. I just wanted to put Chipotle on my list and then take it off so that everybody knew that I'm pissed off that there's no meat metric. So my wife has just texted me the GIF of comic book guy. Saying worst episode ever because she is very upset that this podcast has run this long. I'm sure the listeners are upset too, but now they know to uh, hit their mall food court and uh, and tank up at Charlie's. So, all right, wife, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's not like I had anything better to do. It has been a pleasure. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.